After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You know, the perfect encapsulation of tonight's game, I think it just happened just minutes ago. We're just about to go live, and what do you smell? It's just this stench. Disgusting. And I look, and Carlin, shit everywhere. How are we doing tonight? What up, dudes? Hey, Carlin. Small room. Smells like dog shit. Maybe we need this. smell this, because that's what we smelled tonight at Golden One Center. We didn't play the game. We don't deserve this. (laughs) My God. I thought I had a weird taste in my mouth after leaving Gold One Center tonight. I think it's worse now. And and Morgan did the the gimmick where, like, you try to spray to cover it up. I'm like, oh, now it just smells like orange shit. No, 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 no. This is is an orange. Like a piece of poop that just got dipped in the orange. Like, oh. It still smells like so shit. So it's the- an orange, it's an orange like citrus oh, okay. odor, and it's like the best selling on Amazon. So let's be real. I wasn't, I wasn't trying to put some like Lysol bullshit smell. I wasn't even hating on you. I'm just saying it's just funny. I mean, it just, it's fitting for this night. Yeah, inconsistent smells. Am I right? Ugh. Deuce and mo. Deuce and mo. Deuce and Mo, they tell you what they know. Deuce and Mo, Deuce and Mo, Deuce and Mo, the podcast that you know. Hey, welcome into the Deuce and Mo podcast. Hey, new year, new team, right? Hey. Kings coming off their most complete performance of the season in a win against the Memphis Grizzlies, where after the game, Mike Brown said, this was the best defense we have played since I have coached in Sacramento. Mm-hmm. So what do they do? Well, they come back home against a shorthanded 
Charlotte Hornets, who have lost 10 in a row. I thought 11. 11 in a row. <laughs> it's bad. LaMelo Ball, out. The rookie, Brandon Miller, out. Gordon Hayward, out. Mark Williams, a talented big, out. So the Kings should handle things on the, on the home floor, right? Well, no, the Kings played their ugliest game of the season. The offense was a mess. Sabonis had a career-high 11 turnovers. The Kings had 21 as a team, and they lose at home to the Charlotte Hornets, 111-104. to <sighs> I'm Deuce Mason. That's Morgan Reagan. Each and every one of our podcasts presented by our friends for Northwest Exteriors. Check out northwestexteriors.com. Morgan Reagan. This was not very fun. I had to hold gold one set of tonight. Or you can just look at it like in 2024, you can only go up from here. Because yeah, you, you, yeah. that was the worst loss that you will hope is going to be in 2024. I sure hope so. But that, here's, the, here's the problem. <laughs> I remember before this stretch started. Oh, yeah. This stretch of games. I believe... The mark was seven of the Kings' nine opponents were under 500. Mm -hmm. And you look at Portland on that list, and you saw Charlotte, and you went, oh, okay, well, there's a couple wins right there. They lost to a shorthanded Blazers team and got smoked in that game. And then tonight, it wasn't necessarily a smoke. They were just... Lackadaisical? Nonchalant. Yes. Just lazy passes. Mm -hmm. Miss shots galore, miss shots at the rim, and then the execution down the stretch with the lead. Yeah. With the lead. I know it's only a four-point game, but like you still had a chance to win tonight, and they fell apart down the stretch. It was blown defensive play. It was a bad shot by Monk, a bad turnover mm-hmm. by Fox, and then they lose at home to this, this Hornets team. Yeah. It, they, these games happen. I get it. <laughs> but for Sacramento this year, now they have two bad losses against teams that are really bad in Portland and Charlotte, and their other losses are like just blowouts. And that's again, you can go around the league and you can go to some of the best teams and see that they do this. This is going to happen in the season. I think the only frustrating part about the Sacramento Kings doing this is that I thought they already had their Worst loss of the season. Thought they already had yeah. their uh, their bad, inconsistent type games kind of behind them. And I look ahead as I was reflecting on 2023, and I said, you know what? When I talk about some of these losses, I think it's especially after coming off of that Grizzlies win, it was they can, they're capable of doing great things on the basketball floor. So I'm not willing to just sit here like a lot of people want to be angry, trade everyone, fire sure. everyone, do all those things. Yeah, yeah. I'm just not there. I can, though, sit here and break down a lot of the bad that went down tonight. But I think overall, you look at the overall energy and like lackadaisical, I don't know, soft passing, all of these things that came into place that really um, was the, like the definition of their energy tonight. And that's why it's disappointing. Like, yeah, because on their home floor, too. And you lost to this team last year on your home floor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and it was bad. It was bad. It was bad. <laughs> on a Tuesday night. I don't know if it was on a Tuesday night, but oh, it was shit. bad. Okay. I know we were in Vegas for that game. I remember we were at the G League Showcase. It was a weekday it night. It was in December. And it was bad. 
So the Kings started Chris Duarte for the second consecutive game. So they went with Fox, Duarte, HB, Keegan, and Sabonis. And they actually got off to a pretty good start. You're like, oh, okay. It's 18-8 at the 5'11 mark. Okay. Uh, there was some sloppiness in there. And I'm like, it's okay. All right. They're, they should be able to cruise in this game. Clean it up. Well, by the end of the first, Charlotte was up 25-21. They scored three points in the final five 11 of the first quarter and it really just did not get any better from there like they hung in it why because charlotte is not a good team and they're shorthanded but ultimately the kings i just go these are the games that like good teams don't lose at home like you, you just can't have these even type if of games. it was going to be an ugly win that's yeah, what yeah. I, that's what i was expecting there late in this game was an ugly win anthony uh who produces over at nbc sports california he was texting me because he wanted to know what i wanted to talk about post game yeah and i said hopefully an ugly win oh hopefully really an ugly win. and my whole point was you play like this against orlando you lose by 25 and that mm -hmm. that was going to be my thought had they won the game yeah if you play like this against any other team, you're losing big. Uh, and it's it's true. It's just coming off the heels of the Memphis game where you're like, you know what? You, 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 you can't look at the last couple of games of the road trip, right? You rally back from a really bad start against the Hawks. You're down 31-8. Mm -hmm. You come back. You win that game. Played great defense in the second half. Then you played a really strong game against the Memphis Grizzlies. Mm -hmm. Grinded. Play defense. You're not going to play that game every single no, no. night. Get it? So you come back home, and it's like, dude, you're home. And I get it's a road You were on the road trip. This this Hornets team has been deflated. And it's their second night of a back, -back And everyone has the flu. So many injuries. Terry Rozier talked about a post game that he was throwing up today. <laughs> he was throwing up today. Today. He didn't play last night. They flew to Sacramento. He's throwing up and dropping 34 points. He's a talented player. I'm not taking anything away, but my point is there was a lot going against the Charlotte Hornets in this one tonight. And I, I don't know how to explain. It. I think that's where I'm having a tough time is I, I saw some of the things that were happening early. Yeah. One of the things that happened early in the first quarter that I noticed was, oh, okay. Um, Rozier is going to go at Kevin Herter. Yep. And it causes the Kings defense to break down. Herter was getting blown by dribble penetration. And what's that lead to? Helping. And then you have to recover open and try to threes. contest a three, open three, or easy shots. That hurts you. The turnovers killed you tonight. I mean, you, you just can't have that type of sloppiness. There was no momentum whatsoever. And then even, I know Davion Mitchell didn't play a lot of minutes tonight, but again, these are moments in the game that stick with you is when he was in the game, they went, all right, we're just going to have a, uh, we're going to set a pick for Bridges, so Davion Mitchell switches on him, and then we'll allow Bridges to create while being defended by Mitchell yep. because he's got the size advantage and the height advantage, can shoot over him, attack, be physical. And that that's kind of what happened. It was a bad team that was more locked in, which is why the Kings still ultimately had the lead throughout yeah. this game, right? Because you go back to exactly what you're just saying, this offense and them having a game plan to attack the weakest links on the defensive end, they were playing desperate and their desperation was, was inspiring one another maybe. And it seemed like that they were playing really hard, but then you also mentioned the Kings turnovers and 
or it was, or even if if you wanted to call it was uh, the the Hornets' defense. Not really. It felt a lot like it was the Kings just being sloppy with the basketball. They did it to themselves, and I think that's where I get super frustrated with this. Is that they were the ones that were not executing a an even like okay game of basketball the only reason why again that they were still in this one is because they were playing a bad team and then both teams though were just trading buckets that's what it felt like throughout the rest of this game yeah. it was just bucket for bucket bucket for bucket and when the Kings still had the lead and De'Aaron Fox um started being clutch and crunch time and everything was looking better sloppiness came like you mentioned, a bad shot here, a bad pass here, whatever happened, just not executed. And the Hornets, I was going to say, and the better team, no, the Hornets pulled out the win. Fox had 12 points in the quarter, but he had two turnovers, including a really costly one late. I think if there's one thing I'm most disappointed by tonight is like, Yes, I understand during an NBA season, you're going to have off nights where you don't shoot the ball well, right? Sacramento shoots 43%. They did hit 14 of 36 from three. They missed seven free throws and, of course, all the turnovers. But, you know, they were getting second chance opportunities too. They had 22 second chance points. But I think the most disappointing thing is when you have a lead and then it's like, okay, you guys somehow have a lead in the fourth quarter in a game where you're playing, like, terribly. Mm-hmm. You, the vets, you got to lock in. You got to lock in because down the stretch, the Kings executed like a bad team yeah. executes. Yeah. We're talking about bad shots, settling, yes. turnovers. Great way to describe like, it. The back door, was it Bridges who had a back door? I think Fox fell asleep and like out of a timeout, Bridges oh. had a back door layup. And you're like, what, what, what is happening here? I'm, I want to look back at this whole sequence here because uh, the Kings led 196 with three minutes to go. Bridges has a turnover, so then Sabonis throws a bad pass. Rogier hits a jumper. Mm-hmm. Fox goes right back down the floor with a layup to make it 102-98 with 2.15 to go. Rogier hits that tough three to oh, cut it to one. Nasty. Fox comes right back. Uh-huh. Layup, 104-101 with a minute 34 to go. Um, it was an and one, right? Or no, wait. Fox layup, 104-101. Personal foul. No, no. Anyway, it's 104-101. Then and then Fox, Fox fouled Rogier. My yep, bad. And Fox fouled Rogier up in by the half court line. And I was like, What are you doing? What what was that? I just thought that even undisciplined. That was, okay. Yep. I thought that was really confusing even in that moment. So then Rogier knocks down both free throws. It's 104-103 with a minute 19 to go. Now you're like, shit. All right, just get a bucket here. Malik Monk takes a 27 foot three, misses it. I try not to be overly critical Good. with it because, look, he makes those shots. Yep. And, you know, he missed this one. Uh, it was quick, then, too. It was quick. P.J. Washington. It was P.J. Washington with the with the dunk. The backdoor, easy cut. Missed He can try to come over late. Total defensive breakdown. Mm-hmm. Bucket. They take the lead. Then Fox turns it over. Martin with the layup. It's a three-point game. 107-104 Hornets with 42.1 to go. The execution, like, 
It's so frustrating. But that then, that that can't happen, Morgan. In the exec, we just uh, the execution. I mean, just such sloppy plays. Yep. Not just because of a turnover leading to a fast break layup. Uh, not just because of miscommunication on that back door. But just even that foul up there by that half court line. It was shocking that De'Aaron had that. It was like his body mm-hmm. gave out on him or something, and he was just super tired. And everyone felt tired physically. And mentally, and with their energy, but then you just went over everything. Kings never scored again, and that—that's well, yep. the other tough part about this one. Yeah, they did not score in the final minute thirty-four of the game. Um, the Hornets closed, I believe, on a 10 0 run. The other thing that was frustrating. So it's one hundred seven, one hundred four. Then the Kings have the ball. Fox misses a jumper. Then Harrison Barnes fouls Bridges. I'm like, what? You can't foul. Was that, that in the back? To the that was in the back yeah. court. Yeah, like, yeah. What do you do? Like, he, it's I don't still think he did. In the, another guy that didn't mean to. He didn't mean to. You you could tell. Like I, I, he was just like trying to go after it. It was the same thing that like De'Aaron did. It was like their bodies just like you got to be smarter yes, in that situation. So you fell him. He goes takes two free throws. It's ball game, and so you lose one eleven, one eleven, one oh four. Yeah, frustrating. And you know now you play back to back where you take on an Orlando team that plays defense. They're long. They're athletic. They do a lot of things that you don't do well against. And they just lost to Golden State tonight. So they're going to be nice and grumpy too. So that's that's where it gets really frustrating. More A couple other things from this game. Malik Monk played five minutes in the first half. Five minutes. And, you know, it's second quarter and the Kings are struggling. And I'm going, Malik Monk hasn't checked back I yet. thought he was hurt. I was like, is something that's what there? I thought yeah. too. And I was looking at, I'm looking down at the bench. I'm peering down. And I'm like, he's there. Okay. And then during a timeout, I saw Malik talk to Leandro Barbosa and Doug Christie. And it looked like a little bit of an animated discussion. They were just talking. I don't know. I don't, this is one thing I told Morris. I don't stare at Malik all the time. So maybe he does that all the time. Yeah. And then he was talking to Jordy and then he didn't play the rest of the half. And I'm like, this Kings team needs him out there. So if he's hurt, I get it. But if he's not hurt, I don't get it. And he played five minutes in the first half. And then he doesn't come back into the game until the third quarter at the 437 mark. Yeah. I went back at halftime and watched Malik Monk's plays in the first half. And what did you see? I felt like, similar to a lot of the team, I think he was a little nonchalant out there in his five minutes. He was kind of jogging up the court. There was a turnover, missed... The turnover, he threw a bad pass to Sabonis. It wasn't a great pass. Sabonis mishandled it, too. Defensively, he lost his guy, and there was an and one. I mm-hmm. thought, you know, there was a lot of standing around on offense, okay? I get it. It wasn't his finest five-minute stretch of basketball. He's taking on his former team. But that, to me, I, I don't bench this guy. I, you know what I do is I pull him aside at, at a timeout and go, you need to wake up, or you're, your ass is going to be on the bench. Malik Monk has been one of your best players this year. He just came off a game where he had 27 points, five rebounds, five assists in 21 minutes. Mm -hmm. We just talked about how great he has been off the bench. Some people have argued that he should start in this team. Guys make mistakes. Malik Monk is going to make mistakes out there. But you have to let Malik Monk, in my opinion, be Malik Monk out there. Let him do his thing. And I I just don't think benching him when your team's kind of scuffling was the right move tonight. Sabonis and Fox are the two that can make mistakes, do whatever they need to do, and they're not going to get benched. And it's uh, they've earned that, understandable, all the things. I think when you look at Malik Monk, you from the outside, 
you would think like, well, isn't he trending in that direction too? Like he's going to be chaotic. He's going to have his moments of being undisciplined or um, having brain farts, whatever the hell was going on. Like why isn't he earning that same type of leash? I was telling Deuce, I bet you it's just different relationships yeah. too. Like I think it's it's more sometimes we are seeing one thing where if he's talking back or talking shit to Mike Brown, it might be felt or received a little differently when it's Fox or Keegan or or Sabonis. We, you're and fast we forwarding just, a little bit, and I'm fine with you doing that. We should acknowledge that. So Monk, of course, then comes in and he knocks down a couple of threes. Yeah. And after one of his threes, he's kind of doing some John back at the King's bench. I know it's toward the coaching staff. And so then during the next timeout, Brown kind of came over and they were talking back and forth. It ended with Malik Monk and Brown kind of slapping each other's butts. And then post game, Mike Brown's like, look, this stuff happens. It's not the first time we've gone into it. It's kind of a heat of the moment situation. And that's what it is. And that's, but where, where now I would just hope though, in some of those heat of the moment situations, like Monk is still going to be your guy. He's still going to be that energy King, yep. that guy that can save you. And he can also have his shit games too, but other guys were doing the same. And I know we're going to get to Domas Sabonis who finished with 23 points and 19 rebounds and still talk about his mistakes that he made in this game, which is hilarious to see if you were just box score watching this one. But honestly, it, it is just interesting seeing all the different relationships, how different things are received from different players, how different players might be empowered or challenged differently. And I think sometimes we just don't see the, no, I know we just don't see the whole story um but yeah it seemed like there was some some I, I don't it's even th it's hard for me to say like mismanagement because I love coach brown and I love everything he does yeah yeah but there's some moments where I'm like that's what it feels like from my angle my perspective yeah, like, hey I know Malik's frustrating mm -hmm. and I could I, I can see why as a coach you come on man like yeah but I think he's got to be out there. He's one, he's one of your best players. I, and, you're, and what I know is there have been many nights where maybe the Kings get off to kind of a slow start, and then he provides that juice that gets him going. Hell, when he came in the third quarter, he's all fired up and hitting threes because, and he's looking over like, see, I should have been in there type thing. Yeah. Um. So it was, it was pretty bad. You mentioned Sabonis. <laughs> you look at, I mean, if you did, like Morgan said, if you were a stat hoe and just stared at the box score, you go, man, dude, at 23 and 19, another big game. Uh, 11 turnovers. So we're, we're not counting that as a triple-double, but that was a career-high 11 turnovers for Demonis Sabonis tonight, Morgan. And it was a rough one. I mean, I, I was joking with you, and I called on the way to the studio. I'm like, that was the worst 23 and 19 game in NBA history. <laughs> so it's, I mean, it's like, uh, it just didn't feel that way. And not because of the loss, but it's because of his individual performance. I, we give him so much love and how even defensively, just grabbing that defensive rebound is, it does not get enough credit sometimes for him and grabbing 19 boards is amazing. But also when he has 11 turnovers and four assists, you really think about that as him as like a, a, a primary playmaker. He's just really screwing with things there. He was 10 of 20 in the paint, Morgan, 10 of 20 in the paint. I mean, he missed, and you talk about some of those rebounds. Well, some of those, like, there was a possession where four of them, I think, came off, like, his own misses Dude. underneath the basket on one sequence, right. you know? So, right. I, 
look, these nights do happen in the NBA. It's just you want to find a way to win. And when you don't score for the final minute, 30 or whatever it was, and you lose to a team that now has eight wins, they are eight and 24, and you're at home, you're like, what? Come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. And so, yeah, they're just, it was one of those really frustrating nights where it felt like they could not find any rhythm. I thought Sabonis, some of his passes, I'm like, what? what is happening? Oh, even late. I mean, you, well, you talk about some of the, the great things that he was doing. He had that, that, put back off of a deer and miss layup or something like that, where he like pushed it back in in a big moment. But then he came down the floor in another possession and was, didn't know if he wanted to pass it up to somebody that was up on the left wing or to somebody in the corner and forget who it was and just passed it in the middle. And then it ended up either going out of bounds or just being Hornets basketball or getting a steal. Uh, and, even in that moment, I was like, ah, just so indecisive. Nobody was sharp tonight. And I just didn't feel like there was much of an excuse. So you're not on a second night of a back-to-back. You um, came back after a huge win. I know it's from Memphis. I know it's there's, there's travel there and everything, but everyone's doing it in the NBA, and it just felt yeah. like everybody on the so team had that same energy. How do you explain that? Oh, do you go, hey... Bad night at the office, these nights happen. Or is it more of like a a mental focus? Like, did they approach tonight weird? Like, did they come in going, we're at home? Like, yeah. almost, you, and sometimes I don't think this is necessarily like a conscious thing. I don't necessarily think they walk, they come to work and go, oh, this is going to be an easy night at the office. But I don't know. I mean, subconsciously, I mean, hell, I walked into that arena tonight like, oh, this will be a win. <laughs> like, do you think subconsciously, like these players walk in some nights and go, yeah, we're, we're, we're fine tonight. Like, yeah, I mean that I do. I do. Even if you say like, they don't want to think like that. They're professionals. They are coming in ready to get a win, be focused, all those things. There's still sometimes against a team that has just lost 11 straight and has, some of the worst numbers as a team in the NBA that you're going to have in the back of your head and you're going to be like, okay, I'm going to dominate here and I'm going to dominate here. I'm going to dominate here. This team, these individuals on the Hornets, they're in the NBA. They're in the best league in the world and they can show up any night. It could be random. It could be with the flu. It could be without 10 players. It doesn't matter. And that's why whether that was their mindset or not, I doubt that that was like the dominant mental focus yeah, yeah. but i'm sure it was in the but back of like i said when we talk about lackadaisical nonchalant soft passes you're like i mean are you are you making this type of these same type of passes in memphis like no you got to be tight with your game like they can't you're not good enough of a team to to coast even if it, i'm not even saying it's like an effort thing i think yeah. that's such a lazy thing that gets brought up when a team loses like the effort tonight was i mean awful a high 15 offensive rebounds yeah, I, alone yeah i i mean i i don't i mean they also missed a ton of shots too on the flip side like we talk about it <laughs> yeah. wasn't just a bonus in the paint who was really bad yeah. in the paint uh in the paint tonight the sk- the kings had 48 points they were 24 of 48 in the paint. I mean, we're talking about at the rim opportunities that they were just missing. You're going, how how did you miss that? You know, Keegan could not really make a shot tonight. He was 4-12, 1 of 6 from 3. He had some really good looks. He had clean looks. Missed them. Um, 
I'm looking at who else struggled tonight. You know, Monk was two of seven. De'Aaron from Beyond the Arc, three of ten. I mean, in the, in this game, I even text you when he was missing so many threes, and I was like, "All right, this is the type of game you make that adjustment." And how pretty was it? Even there was a moment there at the end. I think it was Caleb Martin that had to run up on De'Aaron, froze, De'Aaron just exploded right by him. This was late in the game, and he had that layup, and it's because he's starting to become that threat from the outside. You know, and, and so Martin had to respect that, and it allowed De'Aaron to just blow by him. So it's good that he's still developing that part of his game, and, like, obviously he's going to become a shooter and shoot or shoot, but there are certain points where it's like, God, your team just needs you to keep going to the basket. And look what he did in crunch time. Um, he went to the basket yeah. and made big things happen. Yeah, it's a you have to strike the balance, right? Because the, the three-point shooting for him has been really strong. 40% from three this year. Yeah. It's clearly yeah. an aspect of his game that he's worked on and got better at and knocked down some shots. It's it's about, you're right, it's the moments of, okay, this is what my team needs out of me now. Is I miss a shot attack? Yeah. And you're right. He got some good looks. And I thought, especially with a, a Hornets team that is thinner up front. I know they have length. Like PJ Washington's long, Bridges is long. Even you know Nick Richards has some length. But you can attack those guys. Mm -hmm. and I, I know Fox can. I know the Kings can. They missed a lot of shots around the rim. So it was unfortunate. You have anything else you want to hit tonight? Uh, I have one thing that's coming to mind. Okay. I wanted to just touch on Chris Duarte. I know, I think we, we mentioned him, but we didn't really touch on what he added in this game. If there was one bright spot out of a game there that really go. didn't have, I'm not going to call it a bright spot. Okay. Because it, bright would be like, you know, bright's like, oh my God, it's bright. I'm going to say like, bright could be bad. No, too. I'm going to say that it could just hurt your eyes. What's that? Brightness oh, I know could it could, also hurt. Yeah. But bright is like a bright. Happy. Yeah. 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 This was kind of like a, Dim? Oh, dimmed, dim spot tonight. A dim spot? Mm, dim sum? A dim spot. Uh, I'm going to go, yes, Chris Duarte. Played hard out there. Knocked down some threes, which is good to see. He had some second chance opportunities that seven he got. Seven rebounds? Uh, off of Sabonis misses tonight. He had 12 points, seven rebounds. He had four assists and a steal tonight. 5'11", uh, shooting 2 of 4 from 3, and he played um, just under 30 minutes tonight. His effort was there. I mean, and, you know, as we use that word again, effort, but it was, it. he's the type of guy that you really need to just, like, know your role, do what you need to do, and don't get frustrated. Otherwise, you're not going to play or you're going to play yourself off the floor, and I thought he did a great job of even in frustrating moments, like gathering himself, making sure he was good, and just really crashing the boards. Those seven rebounds, they are big. I know Herter has been banged out the last couple of games, but now he's coming off the bench the last two. Yes. And Mike Brown said before the game that this is going to be the way going forward, at least for the time being, yeah. that Duarte is going to get a, a stretch of games here to be in the starting lineup. And I was really hoping that this could be a thing to get Kevin Herter going. Man. I know. I mean, it's Kevin Herter played 12 minutes tonight. Kevin, 12 minutes for a guy who was crucial to the team's success last year. Did you feel like this game was more on him than not having a long enough leash? Yes. Okay. I thought defensively Good. tonight. I agree. I, I mentioned it earlier, like Rogier's obviously, you know, he had to get switched on him a couple of times, but dude, Cody Martin was blowing by him. Yep. And it was causing the Kings to have to help and rotate and it's dribble penetration in this league. Today's league, if you're allowing dribble penetration, it's either a shot at the rim or they're spraying out for three and your defense has to be on a string ready to go. You have to be able to guard on the perimeter. 
and Herter has really struggled with that. I, it's it's an aspect of his game that's never been like a strong suit, but we have seen stretches of basketball where he's pretty locked in. Mm-hmm. He's defending without fouling. He's 6'7". He's got good length, but man, it, it just felt like he was getting blown by a ton tonight. And then, you know, he's missing shots. He's 1 of 4, 0 for 2 from beyond the arc. It's, you, you got to get something out of him. Yeah. And whether... Whether he's here or not long term, you gotta get something out yes, of him out there yes. because I, I just maybe I'm just crazy. I just don't think this guy who is You're tw- not crazy. 25 years old is all of a sudden like a, some crazy. like unplayable guy in the league. Like he is in a major funk right now. He can't make shots. He's not really doing much else out there. It, it's it's just disappointing because I, of how not special but how how solid he was last yes. year and i think i think too like something that you've mentioned over and over and over again this season with kevin herter has been track record and you're like i just have a hard time not believing like you got to go back to track record i'm a huge track record person and i believe this too but like i also look back when i wasn't <clears throat> watching every single hawks game yeah. and i go was there a track record of this yes. inconsistency yes. right he's always been kind of right. this guy that's Get, get, get red hot, and, and then the dips, they're, it's if, a big dip. If that's going to be your game, yeah. you've got to find a way to get out of your dips quicker. Yeah. You know, like, you can have dips. Like, that's, you're human, that's fine. Like, star players like De'Aaron Fox aren't going to have huge dips. Um, You even hope as Keegan Murray keeps growing, he, he doesn't have huge dips. But Kevin Herter at 25, like, if that's part of your game, make your dips three games. Not It can't be it can't be these huge chunks where you're playing yourself off the floor, yes. you know? And that's, and I just, I hope, I like you already said, I hope he figures it out, whether it's here or not. And I we say that because with trade deadline coming around, you always, you know how valuable shooting is around the league, and you know that the Kings are most likely going to be a little bit more aggressive, um, going into this trade deadline. So yeah, I, it's, I just want the best. I'm glad him. you brought this up because I, I'm debuting a segment oh. called, am I looking too much into this? After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. I love when you debut a segment. You talk like this. Am I looking too That's- much into this or what? Oh, now we're adding or what? Or what? Okay. So am I looking? Or have a, I'll do the or what. So do it. Am I looking too much into this? Or what? What? That's the bit. You guys can tell me in the chat. Okay. Well, you guys probably like, yeah, no, you're not at all. Um, because you guys are thirsty rumor whores. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, I don't yeah. know. It was like half hour before the game. You know, I, 
Deuce Mason's looking around. He's 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 just seeing who's around. You always, <laughs> I, I, I'm an observant individual, uh-huh. and I noticed Mitch Kupchak was in the 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 section below me. Yeah, who is the the general manager so of the right Charlotte next Hornets. to all of the media. Yeah, very close to all the media. <laughs> yeah. uh, he was you know he was sitting like halfway up the section in, yeah. in plain view, and I see the one and only Monty McNair come up the aisle and sit next to. Mr. Mitch Kupchuk. I think you're looking to it. Or what? Because, like, hi. Or what? You know, technology know. these days. Can I be honest? What? I don't. And you, what, do you think it just sat down and it was just like, so what's new? Are you enjoying No, uh, but like. How's everything going, but man? Th- that's, but that is what relationships. Or do you think Mitch is like, you want to come talk to me? Come sit by me and mine's like, I know. Okay, old man, you won championships before. Let me. This is, I mean, this is what relationships are in this, in front offices in this business. I mean, I'm at the G League showcase and yeah. I see a whole bunch of people there. You know, it's like that is where people get to talk and speak and do their thing. And so like, yes, you look at here. Do you think that Monty like just turned around and goes, so PJ Washington, huh? No. It's how do you, is that how you build relationships in your life? I, I'm sure he already has a relationship. He so, just goes sit next to Heard you need. I don't know. I've never made a trade. You, when I make trades Obviously, in my fantasy oh my league, God. it's usually responding to someone who's, who submits me a bad trade. You I'm would like, be no. an awful front office person. <laughs> Are you kidding Maybe me? a good scout, but I would awful be front an office. Awesome. So, PJ Washington, am I right? <laughs> I know. Hey, PJ? No? Okay. <laughs> I would sit next to Here's how. You're Mitch Kupchak. Okay. Be, be an old GM that's been around for a long time. Yeah, there you go. It's hey, uh, so mean. I'm not going to be mean. Mitch! How you doing, man? <laughs> I'm sorry, why are you smoking? I don't think you'd smoke inside here, but it's all right. Uh, you're you're fine. You're fine, I guess. My good friend Red used to smoke these. Do you, why don't you, you have a vape pen? Or? Um, look, man. Um, it's, how's everything going? You hanging in there? Alive. <laughs> are you? Are you? Um, anyway, um, so, I mean, how are you feeling about things? You know, we're, we're, we're looking around, seeing. What you want for that Keegan kid? <laughs> uh, not available, Mitch. No deal. We're done. <laughs> Excuse me? Get out of my Put, put your cigarette <laughs> out now. <laughs> I guess it didn't go that well. Maybe that's how it went. I don't know was he why smoking that a was cigarette the, or was he smoking dra- weed? He was smoking a cigarette, but okay. then I was like going to do a cigar. Yeah, but then I'm like, you switched it up. Yeah, I switched it. I'm okay. so sorry. My whole point though <laughs> yeah. is, uh, do, you, do you, am I looking too much in that? You think it was just two guys kitchen? You don't think that there was any conversation they, about, do you think there was a conversation about PJ Washington, uh, Terry Rozier, a guy who go get a bucket. And Keegan Murray. I'm sure there was okay. a conversation about every single. My, I, I, if I, yes, I guarantee you they talked something. Deuce, but that's, that is this business. Although it would be, like, int- is it is interesting a- that you would do it in the middle of a section. Why wouldn't you be like, hey, can you just meet me, like, meet me in, the, you know, somewhere else? I think, but I think sometimes it's like when you, and I don't know what their relationship <laughs> is, but like, it again, when you're just trying to <clears throat> build relationships, 
you're not asking someone you don't know, hey, can you meet me in the hallway and behind the scenes? I, 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 I don't understand why we're working on this assumption that they don't know each other. No, no, no. <laughs> my, my point, like, I don't know where they are relationship-wise sure. is my point. Like, of course they know each other, but, like, where are they relationship-wise? And right. my, my point is, with even people in this business that I've, like, built relationships with, if I don't know them, well, I'm not asking them to meet me somewhere i'm going to them and i'm going to them and i'm having a normal mm. human conversation well, so, so maybe and i'm not just throwing out names to trade you're just saying maybe you said what's up because they could be working on something in the future i huh? think he I says got what's you. up to to every everybody yeah. in every front office and every city he goes to yes Yes, I appreciate You're everyone too much into it. hanging out with us. Make sure to hit the thumbs up and subscribe. Uh, Drunk on Lacroix said, "We're thirty minutes in, and they're already doing improv." <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's one of those nights. Patrick says, "Twenty-one turnovers and missing half your free throws mm. equals loss to any team." Tired of uh, blaming the coach or coach taking the blame. Players need to be more accountable. Yeah, Ooh. I mean, you have to just go out there and execute. You can't be throwing away the ball like that it was pretty bad tonight yeah yep uh donald in the chest is good news is the kings usually respond when they lose to the worst teams yeah and, and tomorrow is not going to be an easy game against the orlando magic at all no and, and again we're talking about a magic team that's coming off a loss against the warriors tonight i saw this one play uh franz wagner was going after the ball. Did you see that? No, I just okay. I just think of Wagner and I'm like, man, I was so wrong about him. So I I think a lot of people were. I was like, when I watched him at Michigan, I was like, he looks fine. Like he's just good at everything. And and I use that as like a negative. He's just what's his ceiling? So the guy's a stud. I want you to see this. And it said this play on Steph wasn't reviewed as a flagrant. So look at Franz. Okay. Just comes across Steph, did you see that? Yeah, whatever. That's what I okay. I thought the same thing. I'm like, why are they calling? Why are why are people calling for a flagrant? Because he got hit in the face. I mean, that's it's Steph getting hit in the face. I mean, it was just him going after the basketball, and it was two different sized people. Either way, my point is, uh, with this whole situation with the Orlando Magic, they're not going to come in happy. There was probably a little bit of chippiness going in last night. Then you lose the game and you're playing good basketball as of late. So you want to come into Golden One Center and you don't want to beam lit. I get it. Kings need to respond. Morgan, before we get to the game, I did. there's a lot of people in the chat asking about Sasha Vazenkov. I was going to ask about him. He did Very not good. play again tonight. The Kings, the, the guys who did not play, well, Toscano Anderson got in there for like a defensive assignment at the end of a quarter which is funny because they went all defense and then Rogier hits a three and I'm like okay it's one of those nights huh you put your defensive lineup in and Rogier like three bounces in a triple yes. uh Kessler Edwards did not play Keon Ellis did not play again after being in the rotation JaVel McGee did not play and then Sasha did not play but I think there's a lot of fans out there going well, what's going on with this Sasha thing right because you really went hard to go get this guy right like you're mm -hmm. recruiting him you sent front office members mike brown went over and now he's really been in a spot pretty much out of the rotation we've seen little glimpses but he's not really playing right now what do you make of that um uh, well, you know it's funny <laughs> i was gonna ask you because i don't know what to make of it because i can give you my opinion on what i think and what i that's want that's what i'm pretty happen. much asking for okay well in my opinion i have no idea what's going on in the whys that he's not playing but um 
in my opinion, I think he has value to his game, even if he doesn't understand, or even if he doesn't have the pace down yet of the NBA, I think there's still so much to his game with him being such a smart player, such a long defender. Um, we've seen him become more and more vertical when guys are coming at him uh, at the rim. And you have this sharp shooter, you know, at times. Like, we've seen it inconsistent, too. So I'm not going to act like he's making draining every single freaking three that he's taking either. But he can move without the basketball on a night like this. Sabonis was probably not going to find him and he was going to turn it over anyway. So that's just a mean little thing right there. But my point is with someone like Sasha Vazenkov, I'm I'm curious as to why he didn't get a look or a moment in a game like this. I mean, they were up too. So, you know, maybe it was like Mike Brown feeling like we got a good flow going with other well, guys. He didn't feel like that. They didn't have any flow tonight. There's no way he thought that. An okay flow. There is no flow. Well, then why didn't he go to him? I don't know. I, I mean, I, I feel the same as you. I Like confused. There's some people who are like, start Sasha. I'm not going there, but I, I mean, thought he I was going to start. He's good enough to play minutes on this team. Yeah. Um, you know, I love what Trey Lyles brings. I love what Alex Len's been bringing, but Trey. there's been a lot of questions, right? Especially off the Kings bench. There really hasn't been any consistency. It's not like the Kings have a lineup that closes games every single night you know I don't think they have figured out yet a rotation in terms of who's coming off the bench all the time I mean we've seen Keon Ellis was in the rotation for yep. a minute he went to Davion now Davion's been in the last couple of games Kevin Herter is now coming off the bench Chris Duarte starting after not playing right so I don't know I, I think this this team obviously has flaws that we have talked about ad nauseum yeah. on this podcast but i think sasha can help you in so many ways out there because of how smart of a player he is he moves without the ball there are th mistakes like all right learning when to cut at the right time and not cutting when sabonis you know has the ball in the post well i saw keegan do that tonight like mm -hmm. these mistakes are gonna happen yeah part of it is you, these guys got to figure it out out there. The best way to learn sometimes is just by going through it. And Sasha still is going to make mistakes. There's going to be defensive matchups where he gets absolutely torched out there. And that's but happening to other guys too. I also feel like his effort's pretty good. Mm -hmm. I think he plays some solid team defense at times. His rebounding, he's got really, he's got a knack for being able to tip the ball out for second yes. chance opportunities. And like you said, he could shoot it. You, you got, I, I would say the positive thing that you can look at with this team, not tonight, but yeah, I'm yeah. just saying like the positive thing overall is that this team is a very positive team and meaning that even if they are not playing or they are at the end of the bench, they are trying to Im make an impact or contribute with some sort of energy, some sort of, uh, positivity, cheering on their teammates, whatever it may be. And, I think you're a lot of times going to see guys like Sasha Vizenkov or even Chris Duarte for a while at the end of the bench and being like, I'm just going to keep working hard to try and get my spot, to try and get my role. They're not going to make noise about it. But there's times where I go, communicate it. If you believe or if you feel, communicate that. Put that on your coach's brain that that is what you want and that is what you think you deserve. And if they go, okay, but then you need, I need to see this, this, or this out of you. I think Mike Brown is such a good communicator that he, it would not only be on his mind and triggered a little bit more, but I think it, there could be some other things and opportunities for some of these people to see. Overall, it is just very confusing 
when you have so many people in and out of the rotation at 30-something games into the season now. Yeah, I, I think you have to... I know he wants to take a jump defensively. Totally. I think he... The ceiling for this group defensively is not super high. I think we all agree that the ceiling is when they're at their best. And they've had stretches where they've, they've had really strong moments. We saw really? the last couple of games. But like if, if you're like, hey, if this team's completely locked in, maybe they could be around 15th. Like that, it's not great, you know? And then even then... It's still a jump. It's, it, well, it's definitely a jump, and yeah. you would take it, right? But yeah. no, that's ceiling, okay? This team has not been able to string it together consistently, so that's why they're hovering around 20th, 21st. In the month of December, they were 16th. Not bad. They were 9-5. and five. And I, I think, you know, the one thing, too, is it, it's just this fine line where it's like, hey, when there's, like, brain farts defensively you want to address it right and so it stops from happening but also i think you can't expect perfection defensively there are going to be moments in a game where you know what players just fuck up like yeah. it just happens you know and you just have to go hey lock in yeah you know what and, I mean? and, and he only allows certain players to have those yeah yeah fuck ups. yeah, yeah. But and, I, and i think it's part of like it's he wants to have this culture of like we gotta lock in and have each other and i i love that aspect of it but at the same time it's like yeah, let's acknowledge that and keep playing. Matt Barnes has talked about before, like, you know, with some of these players and, like, what it can do to you mentally. And I think we all kind of know that. But if you if you have even played on high-level AAU or select teams or whatever sport it is that you played and you played at a high level, like, you and you have felt being pushed to the bench or someone playing more than you and you believe that you deserve more and then you get those opportunities and your leash is still shorter. Like you have felt that. What that can do to your confidence and you mentally. I get that. Because I, I remember pushing back to Matt Barnes and saying, you know, well, like figure it out. Understand your personnel of your coach and figure it out. Like I have tried doing that throughout some basketball moments in my life. But it didn't mean I executed it. You know, it's like, I know that was the mindset I needed to have was like, okay, challenge accepted, like do what you can. And it felt like I still was doing what I can and I was still wasn't good enough. And when that happens, yeah, it can really screw with you mentally. It can, um, I think, screw with everyone and how everyone else performs too, especially when a lot of people, yeah. the majority of people on the team are being treated like if it's not perfect then it's not good enough uh boost and chess is we are not going to be a defensive team let's just go all out on offense and get levine well and boost here's here's the one thing it's like tonight we're talking about this game i i don't necessarily think tonight was about the defense the defense wasn't great in the second half they allowed 66 points to the hornets um but tonight to me it was like the offense was just it was just sloppy, Ugh. like just a sloppy game. Against a bad defensive mm -hmm. team, too. Like the, the Hornets are near the bottom in almost every defensive category. And even even defensively, it wasn't it was the mistakes that the Kings were making. The Hornets were just it felt like they were making everything. They were shooting 50% from 51% from the field, right? It just felt like that they were finding a way to capitalize on these mistakes. And sometimes teams are going to have that night. But 
it's like the Kings just kept trading back and forth with them and never actually took the next leap, especially there in the third quarter or in the fourth quarter. And it feels like whenever the Kings, don't they have like a really good uh, track record of when they're up going into the half or something? I don't know. They do, but I forget what it is. Yeah, I have no idea. Numbers. I'm more of a just look at the full game thing, you know? I don't pay attention. Who's up at half? How are you playing? I mean, that, but their their record of when they're I, up at the half is I have no idea. Good. That's what I'm saying. I know you don't, and I'm telling you it's really good. <laughs> Prove it. That's what <sighs> I thought. It. Can someone give me that I record? Thought. Hey, Morgan. Yeah. Who's your rock and soul player of the game? Terry. Scary Terry. Duh. Obviously. It is. Yeah, good. The rock and soul <laughs> player of the game. Shout out to all the fans tonight. I had a few people say, I went to rock and soul before the game yes. tonight. Uh, rock and soul player of the game tonight is scary Terry Rozier. This guy was puking everywhere before <laughs> the game. He missed the game last night in Denver. He comes out and drops 34 points. The guy is a bucket. He was 13 of 24 shooting. He had six dimes, two blocks, and a steal. That guy is fun to watch. He was super fun to watch tonight. It, it was just such a solid performance by him that there was like, okay, there's nothing you can do on that shot. You're doing your best. You can He's do, a but bucket man. He is. He uh, is. Of course, rock and soul is just blocks away from golden one center at 10th and S breakfast, lunch, dinner. The best part, you get breakfast all day and there's specials. There's new specials. Whoa, so whoa, what? So they're open later on Friday and Saturday nights, you guys. And now after Kings games, that's right. After Kings games on Friday and Saturday night, home Kings games. Okay. You can get 50% off your entire bill Friday and Saturday nights. Okay. If you show your ticket or what? Uh, so you have, no, you just have to say you heard us from do some more podcasts. Holy shit. Friday and Saturday nights. Okay. That's a sweet deal. Yeah, it's a sweet deal. And they still have all their other deals, too. So between uh, 4.30 and 6.30 before game, you can get 25% off your bill. If you're going to a Kings game, you got to share your ticket then. And then also during Kings games, you can get 50% off your appetizers and drinks. So there's just deals all the time um, because you guys know us. So <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah, check out Rock and Soul Diner. They're the best. They support us. You should support them, too. Who? Um, <laughs> this is going to be tough. What's the moment of the oh, game? Oh, no. No. We have to do the Shreve Jewelers moment of the game. We pick a moment from every game that we cannot forget. So we'll write it down. One, two. It was 111, 104 Hornets in Sacramento. How about since the Sharif Jewelers moment of the game, it could be the moment that you told me uh, that this woman came up to you and said that her and her husband watch our show all the time and that her husband was going to be jealous that she took a yeah. photo with you. And I just want to shout out to all the partners out there that watch us together. I just think that's the coolest thing. And so many people come up to us and tell us that at games. Shout out Lauren. Lauren. Do you want to give Lauren a little Sharif Jewelers <laughs> no, moment? Okay. I'm sorry. That's how much I don't want to no, give any moment. <laughs> I'm sorry. Nice to meet you. And thank you to you and your husband for being loyal watchers and listeners to the podcast. You're not the moment of the night when the Kings lose to the Hornets. That's way too kind. That's how much I don't want to give a moment. Sorry, uh, Lord. This is how petty the chat is tonight. Oh, I, oh, how about no. Sabonis uh, triple-double with 11 turnovers? <laughs> oh, my God. You petty. Petty assholes. We're doing it. Do it. 
11 turnovers. Mm. <coughs> oh my God, I totally forgot. Yeah. It's a blameless night as I lay here sleepless. It's a blameless night and I'm waiting for you. It's a freaking light that shines so bright and the freaking sky and I lay here sleepless. My lyrics always change. Not bad though. It was, that was like an angry one. That sounded really yeah. Like that wasn't that wasn't like the soft like that was like emo pissed. So yeah, I wrote down Sabonis with eleven turnovers, career high, because that really was the story of this game. The turnovers, twenty-one turnovers in this game by the Sacramento Kings. And next up, I hope you're not singing that song tomorrow night. The Orlando Magic are coming to town. I really quick too, just sure, wanted to ahead. address really quick. Jeremy said, "Hey Morgan, are fans still overreacting and too emotional?" I never said that. I just wanted Jeremy to know. I just never said that. No, I mean, I think if anything that was said on the podcast, uh, it's, you know, you just, you can't go so high after wins and so low after losses. Like, as frustrating as this game is tonight, and, I mean, is the season over? Like, no. I mean, they've got the same weaknesses that we all know. They've got some things to figure out, and hopefully they can get it figured out. And I would never say fans or something because I am a fan, so... But yeah, I mean, I think a lot of us can be emotional. And by the way, the the, the most emotional time for fans, all of us, right after games, right? Because it's just like, it just happened. It's fresh. Like, what the hell? Like, tonight sucked. It sucked. (laughs) What's crazy is Portland, the Portland game happened. It sucked. Mm -hmm. I was frustrated. We hated it. We hated it. You know what happened? (laughs) That that Memphis game made us forget about things a little bit too, right? (sighs) Memphis, you're fun yeah the hawks game Woo! there was some good stuff yep that's and that's what just keeps happening so hopefully this game against orlando can make us forget about tonight <sighs> orlando's tough um hey the good news is last year against orlando the sacramento kings had that one game in orlando where they were down big i remember bull bull was killing them <sighs> And then De'Aaron Fox had that game winner. Half, half court-ish. Unbelievable yeah. game winner in Orlando to win it. Um, but this Magic team, they lost tonight to the Golden State Warriors 121-115. to 115. They've actually, you know, they're, they're having a good year. They're not playing as well lately. Since December 15th, they have lost. Look at the teams one, they two, lost three, to, though. Four, five, six, seven, eight. They're 3-8 and eight in their last 11. Look at but the they lost twice to Boston. They lost to Miami. They lost to Milwaukee. In that stretch, they beat the Pacers and Wizards. They lost to Philly. Um, they beat the Knicks, and then they lost the last two in a row to the Suns and the Warriors. So they're going through a tough stretch of games here a bit, but it's a very good team. That's 19-14 and 14 on the season, Morgan. And... um. My favorite part about this team is they get after it. They play hard. And on the season, Orlando is fifth in defensive rating, Morgan. Um, fifth in defensive rating. So you're going up against a team that is complete opposite of the team that you went up against yes. tonight. And where that's tough is that sometimes we feel like, okay, this Kings team, they can rely on good offense. But when a team pushes back on them, that's tough. That's challenging, right? But when a team has length 
and pushes back on them, and that's putting pressure along the perimeter and not even allowing them to get that initial paint touch, that is when it really gets frustrating. Yeah, Wagner plays with physicality. He's big, he's strong. Talking about Franz, his brother Mo plays tough off the bench. Yep. He's been really good off the bench. Jalen Suggs is one of the best on-ball defenders in the league. He's going to play with an edge. He's going to get into you, right? Uh, Bancaro, very talented <laughs> player in this league. I mean, tonight he had 27 points, 12 rebounds, 6 assists. Wagner at 25, 6-3. and three. He had a couple of steals, too. So... Yeah, it's it's a really tough team. Wendell Carter's back now, too, so they have some more size out there. You're right, Morgan. They've got a lot of the things that the Kings struggle with, which is length, some athleticism, and they play defense. So the Kings have to come out on their A game tomorrow. Like, you play like you did tonight, Orlando's beating you by 20-plus, easy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think just coming in locked in and engaged really means – attention to detail and those sloppy plays against a good team cannot happen if you want to have a chance because i'm not going to sit here tonight and be like orlando's a beatable game no absolutely the kings can take on the orlando magic and get a dub but i feel like if anything this is one of those tougher games um that the Kings have ahead of them. I I thought the game against the Grizzlies was going to be tough because John Morant was back. They started to figure a few things out, all those things. They sock it to him. Loved it. Great. The Orlando Magic, you just you have to have that type of game to have an evenly matched game. Does that make sense? And it's like I don't expect them to play that perfect because obviously they're playing a shittier team in the Grizzlies, but Still, they have to play some pretty damn good basketball consistently throughout this one. Can't can't take yourself in a hole. No, no. And you've thrown away two games against teams well below 500 during this stretch of games that look pretty favorable yeah. on the schedule. Uh, in the chat, RP says, Juice and Mo, why don't you like Zach Levine for the Kings? He is a pressure release valve for Fox's bonus and vice versa. All reports and accounts are that he would love to play for the Kings. I'm not even anti-Zach Levine. I think my, there's... There's problems that come with it, right? So I think the Kings could use another guy that can go out there and get a bucket. I think if Zach Levine could come to Sacramento and he was like totally bought in and understanding that this is a team, the ball's got to move, you have to play some level of defense, it could be good. He can hit the three, he can attack, he's athletic. Yeah. Yeah, on the on the break. I mean, I do have a couple of concerns. The Bulls have been better without him since he's been out. That's That's... One concern. Okay. His health is another concern. With Always has He's been, been banged concern. up and he makes a lot of money. Yes. So those are just kind of my concerns. And I don't necessarily go, oh, well, all of a sudden this just makes you an awesome team. I want to double check here because I want to look at the bull salaries for a second. But it, it's kind of a similar thing how I feel about, okay, Levine makes $40 million this year, 43 after that, 45 and then 48.9. That's a so lot of money. You make that move. Is it, first of all, how, how are you matching salaries to make that move? Like, that's kind of the challenge, right? So that's like Barnes, Herder, and what else are you giving up, right? Um, in addition to that, it's, are you comfortable with that? Like, you're going to have to pay Fox a lot of money. You paid Sabonis. Mm-hmm. Levine's going to, locked in at that rate. And you're going to have to pay Keegan down the road. 
This is your team. Is this enough? Can you build around that team to compete for a championship? That's the question you have to ask yourself. And I'm not sure that's that's the case with that with that move with Zach Levine. I don't think he improves you enough, especially defensively, where you need to go to win a championship in this league. Yeah, I, I think... I, talented player. Such a talented player. Absolutely talented. And sometimes with a talented player like this, it's like, I could be so wrong. But I think the main thing that I look at is that contract and where that contract is, especially, I mean, you didn't even mention Monk, like, you know, re-signing Monk and giving Monk. Oh, yeah, Monk, oh, you're you right, know you're what right. I mean, I mean like, Monk, I think, is a pretty important piece going yes. forward, too. So that you start going, okay, and you go, well, it's not my money. Who cares? Pay all those guys. Oh, I'm with you. But are you willing to go into luxury taxes, all these tiers that happen now, for a team, like, what, what's the ceiling of the group, okay? I could be wrong. Maybe it's magical and the offense just disgusting. But, you know, also, you add Levine. What's that mean for Malik Monk? Is Monk more like, you know what? Once free agency's here, there's not a lot for me in yeah. this situation. Yeah. Let, let Levine guy need shots. Keegan's going to need shots. Fox. So those are all question marks that come up in my mind when I think about something like that. Another guy that has been brought up in... You know, the Kings, I think we're interested in him in the offseason is Kyle Kuzma. And Kuzma elected to re-sign with Washington. His deal, that's the one area I like it. It goes down. It's like 25, yep. 23. It, it goes down over the next couple of years. I question, what I question about Kuzma is similar to Levine. Yep. It's just the buy-in. Yep. Because you have to have a different level of buy-in. If Kuzma comes to Sacramento, is he comfortable with the fact that he may not be the third option? Right? He's not going to be the two. Right, there's going to be a little bit of a pecking order. On some nights, he could be the second option. Some nights can be his night. But what they need from Kyle Kuzma is to come out there, play defense, run the floor, rebound, dunk on some people's heads, hit some threes, and just be locked in. And I think the key could make the Kings better. If you get the Kyle Kuzma that was part of that Lakers team in the bubble when they won a championship, who was beyond locked in, playing with LeBron and AD... I think that could really be a difference maker. And in addition to that, it's not going to cost you as much uh, with your cap, with yeah. what, what he makes. I think sometimes, too, when people go, wait, you'd rather have Kuzma than um, Zach Levine? It's th it, That's exactly it. It's looking at everything. It's looking at the contract, too, and looking at not only the contract, but also <clears throat> that's someone who has a relationship with people like De'Aaron Fox and um, also... What was my other point? I forgot I was going to make. Either way, my whole point is, is like, oh, that's what I was going to say. You know, you talk about how you need to trade guys and it has to match up. It has to match up. Matching up Levine's $48 million contract compared to yeah. a 25 going sure. going down whatever type of contract, there's just more options there as well. I've also over the years been a fan of Jeremy Grant. He's now in Portland. You know, on the surface, I didn't love the deal he signed there. It's like, oh my God, that's a lot of money. He's older, 29 years old, right? Well, what's that deal feel like in a few years? The cap is going to go up too. That's the other thing when we start talking about all these bigger deals is the cap is going to go up in the next couple of years of the TV deal. So some of these deals aren't going to look as like crazy bad. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, I know some people in chat, Kuzma doesn't play defense. Look, I've seen Kuzma play better defense. He's also in a situation in Washington right now where like it's just losing everywhere and he's a part of that too so you you can't just brush that aside he right. chose to go there and maybe that's almost the best thing is 
Well, guess what? You went from being in L.A., winning the championship, you go to Washington, you re-sign there, and you're not having fun, as much fun playing basketball. Like, you're getting some numbers, but you're losing all the time. That's not fun for anybody. You can come to a situation be kind of a really good piece for a team. And so, there could even be more under-the-radar type names that we are not thinking about in this moment in oh, time. Yeah. Um, that we were even talking about the other day with Bible. the Chicago Bulls. Patrick and, Williams take a flyer, yeah, years, but that's probably gonna be costly. And and again, it's more it's it's looking at how can you better all these different roles as well. It's not just adding like that third guy because I almost feel like you're developing that third yeah. guy in Keegan Murray and the way that he's becoming such a, an efficient two way guy. Well. At times, but he's still, yeah. I mean, but he still has time to grow. He's in year two. That's he's going to be fine. The guy's a stud. Uh, he's a stud. And so mentioning Alex Caruso, I, I like Caruso too. Yeah, the Bulls, I, I actually really intrigued. Like Patrick Williams is intriguing to me. Alex Caruso is intriguing to me. Even DeMar DeRozan. I like DeMar DeRozan a lot. I mean, I, I still really like DeMar DeRozan. Uh, final year of his contract? Final year of his deal. Yeah. So. So. Who knows? There's Who a lot. Even knows? There's a lot that's coming up here, and uh, it's gonna be interesting to follow. You know, I, I I feel like I'm repeating myself here a little bit. I guess it's what happens when you do podcasts after games every game. But you know, I'd much rather be in a spot where you're 19 and 13, trying to figure this out, yeah. than 13 and 19, yeah, and d- where you dug yourself a fat hole. I think one area of concern for sure is we just talk about like. Some of the guys that people go, oh, they should trade this guy. Like, they're just not playing well enough either, which you have to think that kind of hurts their value in some of these deals. So that's hmm. the challenge. There's a lot of different challenges. Hmm. There's always challenges. There's so many different angles and uh, things that factor in. Is it good that they play tomorrow? Like I mean, that? if I was one of these guys, I'd be, hell yeah, I could get this shitty taste out of my mouth. De'Aaron said after the game that once he leaves the building, it's he, he moves on. Good. I mean, that's, that's not easy to do. By the way, like, God, I wish I could do that with anything. There's times, like, where I'll leave a game and, like, I just didn't, I wasn't crisp in my post game or I didn't, you know, have something that I didn't like. And I will think about it until the next morning until I can rewatch and then go, Oh wait, okay. I didn't do that that bad, but I did do this or blah, blah, blah. So like being able to mentally cut it off and be like, Hey, I'm going to go back to work when I go back to work and get better at it then. Cause you're going back the next day. Like that's what you you're supposed to do. That's mentally strong. I need his therapist. <laughs> mental strength coach can't wait to see how they respond tomorrow they had games last year where you're like i mean when you had that game against portland like they had last week was that last week seems like a, i don't know a year ago yeah it was a year ago you you feel like you're never gonna win again in those <laughs> moments you know you go how are you gonna beat anybody when you play like this oh they won their next game and you don't feel like that i i don't feel like that after tonight no, I just, it just... It, that was just a weird... That was a different kind of loss. It right. really... I think it was more just like, ah, I'm disappointed. I'm not as angry as some people. I, it was just like, oh, that's confusing. That's disappointing. That's how I feel. Around the NBA tonight, one thing I want to acknowledge, dude, the one team that the Kings have beaten twice this year, 
Oklahoma City. Are they, they getting some big wins? They beat Boston. They beat Boston tonight. Damn. Boston did try to make like a late push to get back in the game, but they closed and they beat Boston 127 to 123. SGA had 36 points, seven assists, six rebounds. Chet, 14 points, seven assists, four blocks. Jalen Williams had 16. I mean, that team has like everything you could possibly want going forward from like length, athleticism. They share the ball. Youth. They have shooting. They have all these sh- the shooting. You could pot Case and Wallace won't miss a three. Isaiah Joe, you mentioned the youth, and they've got draft picks to improve it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, did the Kings beat this team twice? That's crazy to think about. Yeah. Once without Fox. No, I mean, yeah, that is really wild to think. And and the Kings both those games played good basketball. Yeah. You know, it, it's they they stepped up to the challenge. They prepared, and and like even Domas, like every team is gonna have a. a a kryptonite team. And I love mm-hmm. seeing Domas like go at someone like Chet, like, Hey, I, I'm going to go through your little skinny body. Like that is what I'm going to do. And then there's other times that Domas that we've seen him go up against other bigs. And it's like, that guy's hard for him. And it makes sense. And then people, you know, and then, and that's, and then you're going to see like some people with the OKC fan base be like, Chet needs to get bigger. He needs a protein shake. Like Chet's what is stud. he doing? And it's like, that's it. That's it. Just because he has a kryptonite against one team doesn't mean that that's going to be his flaw throughout his entire career. He'll figure it out. But I don't want him to figure it out against Sabonis. Morgan Reagan, we got another game tomorrow. Kings and Magic. Give me some final thoughts. Um, Final thoughts. Hopefully this is the shittiest win of... Tw- win. Shittiest loss of 2024. I hope so. Yeah. I don't think you can get much lower That's than losing saying. to the Hornets at home. Yeah. So, like, yay, the worst. The best is yes, yet to come. Yay. Right? You know, one of the New Year's resolutions that we had for this team was no more blowouts in 2024. That wasn't a blowout? It felt like one, well, no. Was Isn't it? Isn't losing a, a, a lead in, the, like, the my, final minute 30 and not scoring the final minute 30, like, blow, getting nope. blown out? Nope. That's not the definition. Dude, they give up 121 points a game, the Hornets. This is the Kings scored a 104. Ugh. Wait, 100 and what to the Hornets? 100. They scored 104 points tonight. I know, but what did the Hornets score? 111. Yeah. I thought you said 121. You're not listening. I said the Hornets give up 121 a game. Got it. You're, oh my God. That was really, you're not listening. My final thoughts. I just, I just want to see his team get it together. You know, no, I'm serious. Like, <laughs> that was the New Year's resolution. Just, can you give me a 10 game stretch where you're like, oh, okay, like you, you lost a couple of games during okay. that stretch, okay. but you, here's a 10 game stretch of like, good I, basketball. I, I see it. I see what the identity is. There's just been too many nights you're going, hey, tonight you were bad defensively. And then there was like another game where like, Whoa, the offense isn't clicking like it did last year. Oh, wait, this person's not playing like they did last year. And then they win. You're like, oh, my God, they look amazing. It's just, I don't know what to expect on a given mm-hmm. night anymore. And that's that's been the tough part. Like, I know they've got the talent. I know they've got shooting. They've got some studs on there. But it's 
an inconsistent. Yeah. It's really outside Sabonis and Fox. You don't really know what you're going to get. Like Keegan's been pretty solid lately. Sure. Monks have been good, but outside of that, it's like, okay. Yeah. Who else? Yeah. Who else is going to step up? I get it. And that's really tough when you lean so much on on your your studs, your two studs. It's a lot. It's a lot. You need a little bit more from everybody. There's a lot of smart players, a lot of solid players on this team that just need to um just everyone figure it out. It's that easy. It's that easy. Just, hey, can you just like figure it out? I moved that ball. How many assists they have tonight? I know you it, it doesn't help when you miss shot. They had twenty three assists and twenty one turnovers. Oh, okay. Well, this was a fun one. I mean, I still had fun. Not, I mean, I had fun doing the podcast. I didn't have fun talking about loss. Yeah. But I did still have fun. I'm glad you still had fun. I mean, what, what was your favorite part about the pod? Um, I, you know what? Sometimes after losses, it's just really not, it's like you reflecting or venting or however, wherever you want, however you want to define it. It just makes you go, ah, okay, I'm ready for the next game. Like that, like, Hey, I'm, I'm finding my deer and Fox mentality. Like as soon as I leave this podcast, (laughs) meanwhile, I'm the opposite. I walked into tonight (laughs) thinking the Kings were going to win. I was like, they're going to win by 20. And now tomorrow I walk into tomorrow night and you know what I think? What? They're going to lose by 17. Someone just said, more suffering tomorrow. (laughs) I just hit the table in that play. That was funny. Oh, man. That's a sign. That's a sign. We love you guys so much. We appreciate you guys hanging out. On the way out, hit the thumbs up and subscribe. And know we're live after every single Kings game. We love you guys. But we got to go. You all have a wonderful rest of your evening. See ya. Deuce and mo, deuce and mo, deuce and mo. They tell you what they know. Deuce and mo, deuce and mo, deuce and mo. The podcast that you know. Deuce and mo. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.